0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 605, Mbappe and Hemingway. Big Chillians. welcome back to the Big Chill podcast. I'm Frank. Joining us is Eddie. Eddie,
1: how's it going? Yeah, things are going pretty well. Had a tiring, tiring few days, but with people yeah. visiting, but getting getting back to normal life.
0: Yeah, you've been uh, partying nonstop since Royal Ascot.
1: It's been a solid month. It's been a solid month of nights nice, Life Life,
0: Eddie. What yeah. a life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the end is in sight. It's it's uh, a well deserved break. Particularly from drinking is is coming up.
0: Yeah, I, and I have to say I've been impressed. You've hit like the spectra of drinking establishments. I mean, usually you are a, a, a one bar pony, <laughs> but I've seen you at like nice cocktail bars. You've been at fancy uh, bistros drinking wine. You're just hitting everything. True alcoholic. It doesn't matter <laughs> what it is as long as
1: it hits your lips. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had. Yeah, a few wine bars, a few nice wine bars, cocktail bars, a few of the usual watering halls. So it's been, it's been, there's been a variety over the last month. I guess it's, you know, I need a little, little spice of life in there to keep keep some of the enthusiasm going. But yeah, it's, I'm going to be taking a, a slight break. We'll see how long it is, but it will be a, a slight break for sure.
0: So wait, I, when you say break, do you
1: mean like,
0: you're going to do like a no alcohol break or just like not going to go out nearly as much because you don't have any friends break?
1: <laughs> well, this, the second will be kind of self-imposed, I suppose, but uh, no alcohol. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do a month. Wow. Yeah. I That's think. so weak. That's for weak people. <laughs> it's. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people who I don't feel like I need to detox or anything. I'll still go out. I'm just not going to drink. <laughs> That's even worse. So, I'd
0: rather you just not go out. <laughs> just don't go.
1: So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we'll see.
0: Well, I will say, Eddie, it's nice to see that you have your full skull intact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Saturday night to, to kind of round off this month of being out. So the most gruesome. Uh, bar street fight related injury I've ever seen. I've seen a fair amount. As I told the police when the police did finally turn up, I said, "I've you know, I've been around the block a little bit when it comes to bar and street fights. So <laughs> and I I'm said, I know exactly. we've
0: arrested you for being around the block a few times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> never been arrested. Never been arrested. going to put that on record. Um, and, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, we were standing out of place five o'clock in the morning buying food, six of us after we'd left the kind of last bar stop of the night. And there were these two guys who it was unclear at first whether they were friends with each other. But they were kind of having a an argument, but it wasn't exactly heated. And then at one moment, one of the guys was holding a bottle of water.
0: Wait, real he, quick. Uh, are they French? American?
1: Okay, they are both French. Speaking and, in French, then, obviously, to each other. <laughs> speaking in French to each other. And um what's the size look- what are we looking at here are
0: they tall skinny are they normal french like 120 pounds no muscle on them kind of thing
1: <laughs> neither of them were exactly big but okay. one of them was definitely bigger than the other okay and the one and the so the smaller one let's call him tim let's call the big <laughs> one tim <laughs> no we won't throw names in and <laughs> uh especially because legal proceedings might be coming on so we're not going to mix things up with names um he uh so the smaller one at then point at one point the larger one was holding a bottle of water and in what was probably the most aggressive move of the smaller one's life he decided while they were talking to just tap the bottle of water i mean it was nothing you kind of you know when Things are going on around you, and sometimes you're you become aware that oh, oh, a situation might be able to kick off. I was totally aware of what was going on with the two of them, and just thought nothing of it. Okay, and then the tapping a plastic water bottle, yeah, just tapping it with his finger, lightly tapping it while they were talking. And I guess you could say if you were being very generous to him, maybe an attempt to knock it out of the guy's hand, but realistically, it was just being slightly annoying. And <laughs> okay and he then uh, started to walk away back across the street. For him, this issue had been resolved, uh, at which point the larger guy, who was wearing glasses, took them off and handed them to a friend of his. Now, this to me is a-
0: Oh, <laughs> that means business.
1: That's <laughs> a key part in the story for when the police later turn up. But So he then- kind of quickly closes the distance between himself and the guy and the who is then at this point kind of backpedaling, but also I would say someone who's never been in a fight in his life and so had no idea that anything was about to happen.
0: But he, facing
1: the guy? Facing the guy, yeah. Okay. But still, he had no, you know, this was a guy who fights do not exist in his universe, I would assume. So he had no thought that okay. this isn't a good sign that this guy is rapidly approaching me after I've moved several yards away. And the guy just threw a punch that, I mean, you don't want to say good punch, but he knocked him out. The guy was out cold instantly. Like there was, it was done. Night over for him. Like
0: side of the head or straight forward? Like where
1: where are we landing this? Jaw. Ooh. Haymaker? Like. Haymaker, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, just say good punch. (laughs) You know, not, not to give the guy credit, but good punch. And he was, so he was out cold the second that fist landed on his face. And then he was also obviously kind of still semi backpedaling. So a lot of momentum went into him falling backwards and he cracked the back of his head oh. against the wall behind him and oh. just split the back of his head open. I mean, Oof. an amount of blood was coming out of the back of, back of his head. It was awful. And um, oh my I, God. a couple of us kind of ran to see this guy. Who was completely lifeless, unconscious, bleeding profusely from the back of his head, and also the most disconcerting element, also bleeding from the side of his mouth. And I genuinely thought broke he was his dead. jaw. No, oh, I thought he was yeah. dead. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, no joke, thought he was dead. I was like, "You've killed this guy. He's hit the back of his head against a wall." And he like you see in
0: now. movies, this is a classic like
1: movie death. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a classic movie. To-
0: <laughs> but I, I No, because it's like, it, what I'm saying is it happens a lot in movies. I don't know actually how realistic that is, that a person like falls over and hits their head and like is instantly dead. Like you see it all the time in movies almost. I just yeah, saw he- a movie on the plane the other day that, did, that happened to a character.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, def- it definitely happens. Um, and yeah, so we thought he was that He was then unconscious for I would imagine four minutes so it's unconscious for wow. a long a long period of time. Did you yeah, guys realize out. he was still alive eventually? I mean, like, could you feel for a pulse or, like, breathing? There was, like, a slight pulse. There was no real breathing going on. Oof. Um, And then, yeah, we started calling the police, calling the ambulance. If I'm going to give the guy who threw the punch any credit, he – I think he realized he wasn't going to get away because all of us were pretty adamant that he was going nowhere. But he also made no real attempts to leave, which <laughs> – he then claimed to be a nurse and then tried to help the guy so he at least had some good part in him but okay. we were but uh, it took a while for an ambulance to show up and then two arrived simultaneously and the the second now, one was like did they both
0: have friends on each side
1: the guy who was hit was alone oh, the guy who threw the the guy who threw the punch pro- appeared to have two friends although they later claimed they did not know him when the police turned up. But again, that's why I said it was an important element when he's, I said he handed glasses to somebody. Because yeah. the guy he handed glasses to later claimed he'd never met the guy before in his life. Not as in, I met him tonight. As in, I was a, just like these guys. I was a, just a witness to all of this. And I saw it was definitely, you know, we'll get on to them as we get there. <laughs> Ambulance probably took 10 minutes to show up. Uh, like a long time. Uh, and there was blood. Just everywhere. did you guys like wrap his head up at least? We're getting just paper towels from the like Ugh. place we bought food from. I mean, you know, got to really rip that
0: know. shirt off, Eddie, and wrap the head.
1: Uh, I don't know if my shirt would have necessarily at five in the morning been any cleaner than the <laughs> paper towels yeah. we we're getting.
0: Survives, but then gets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: any staph infection so i think the paper towels were probably the smart move but yeah it was pouring water on it to kind of try and clean it out as much as possible and stuff um he eventually regained some degree of consciousness like before the ambulance even arrived they then put him in the ambulance and you know it was a bad news because the ambulance like didn't move so they just Mm. put him in the ambulance and sat there and worked on him there yeah yeah, they like right to work all of them like just all piled into the back of the ambulance Oof. and they were, they were going at it. The police showed up after probably 20 minutes. Two squad cars like ready to go. Well,
0: wow, everything late. comes in doubles in yeah. Paris comes kinda late t-
1: but it comes in doubles. Kind of came to like a screeching halt on the road, like really nice movie scene cops pulling up. And then they were disappointed to find that there was no ongoing scuffle. Which one of them told me. He was like, we came here expecting to see a fight and there's nothing going on. And, oh, great.
0: Uh, <laughs> Sorry yeah. to disappoint you.
1: Yeah. And uh, so we told him, like, look, we thought we all gave our account of what had happened. The guy was standing there. He gave his. He said he, the other guy threw a punch at him first. That definitely didn't happen, but okay. Um, you know, but they had, I don't know. 10 11 witnesses who were all giving exactly the same story. They took all of our details and then the guy had sort of semi regained enough consciousness for them to ask him in a world I do not understand whether or not he wanted to press charges. The guy said no, and so they <gasps> let the other they let the other guy go. What? Yeah, just free to go.
0: That's crazy.
1: Not only did they let him go. Did you say let, I'll press charges for having to experience this? <laughs> he said, can we press charges? And they said, did they? Did he attack you as well? And we said, no. So they said, no, then you can't. We questioned whether or not the guy was in a position to make that yeah. decision. Like he'd been unconscious for several minutes. Like, you know, take away even the bleeding just from the unconsciousness. Like the guy wouldn't be allowed to play a a game event in the NFL several, several weeks. How is he making an important legal decision for himself right now? Um, And yeah, they said, well, he can change his mind later at the hospital if he wants to. And also if his, I hope they at least had that guy's information though. Yeah. His name or something. Sure. But then you have to hope that it's the right information too, right? Yeah. Either the guy doesn't have a fake ID on him or something or just, you know, who knows, but Uh, and if the injuries are serious enough, then the state can press charges, you know, if you were to die or something, but yeah, it was just, I'm not, I'll put it this way. I'm not expecting any phone calls from the police, but yeah, it was a pretty shocking. I couldn't believe it. I told them all. I was like, I can't believe you're just letting this guy go. And then one of the police and the guy was like, in this conversation I was having with this police officers. And then the police, one of the police officers said, oh, well he did apologize and I was like, oh, a lucky guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes it all even then. But yeah, it was kind of mind-blowing. Kind of mind-blowing. Wow, that's crazy. And I, I said to the police, you're, all you're doing is teaching someone a lesson. And I was like, you're telling me next time I witness something like this happen, I should punch the guy. Because that way, if you come to arrest him, I can press charges, right? And I, was <laughs> like, I, I guess technically, yeah. It's like So instead of us trying to do the sensible thing of – you know, restraining him without getting into it, like escalating the situation at all. You're basically telling us that was wrong because, yeah. and I said, if you'd arrived on time, the guy would have been unconscious. So then you have to arrest him, right? Yep. Oh yeah. If he'd been unconscious, we have got to arrest him. I was like, this this system makes absolutely no sense. I said, why wouldn't you just arrest him, hold him overnight, and then, you, then he can make a decision in the morning? No, no. Why would we do that? We've taken his details. Sure, but you know, it all seemed fairly crazy. It was, it was really legitimately pretty stunning.
0: That's crazy. Oh yeah. What a way to start the podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So how was, you were at a wedding this weekend. (laughs)
0: Well, let me tell you what happened at the wedding. You thought that was gruesome. (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, wedding was good. Um, we had the unfortunate uber situation of first off i was we were staying at a hotel it's a sioux falls south dakota is a very small city um so we were staying at a hotel that was close to the airport that had like a free shuttle service to downtown it's a five to ten minute drive like it's nothing dramatic but it was nice they had a nice sh- like shuttles you didn't have to like lift an uber everywhere to get to the downtown or walk two miles which i did on the way back once um So that was really nice. The wedding was on a Friday, and we had to leave uh, about 3.30 because the wedding was starting at 4.30, and the place was about 35 minutes away. So we had scheduled a lift at 3.30, so we'd get there 4, 4 4.10 at the latest and still have plenty of time for the ceremony that was happening at 4.30. So I was downtown beforehand getting lunch, hanging out, and... Was calling the hotel asking if I get the shuttle back. And they said, like, yeah, it's gonna be like 15, 20 minutes. And I had a ton of times, yeah, no problem. It's so like 30, 40 minutes past shuttle, so does it come. I call back up. I'm like, hey, is the shuttle coming? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it hit traffic, which is BS. I didn't see any traffic in this city. Uh, it'll be there in like 5 to 10. I was like, all right, cool. It's so like another 15, 20 minutes go by, nothing. So now I've been just been sitting downtown for like an hour. So I call back and I'm just like, hey, I got a wedding I got to go to. Like, I like I need to get back and be ready in 30 minutes. So can you guys, is it coming? Is it not coming? Like, no, no, it's it'll be right away. It'll be right there. Another 10 minutes pass, nothing. So I'm like, screw it. I'll call a lift. So I call the lift and I get in the lift and I start to go. And by the time we're like halfway back to the hotel, I see the shuttle like going the opposite way. So I had like finally was about to be there, but it was too late. So anyway, get back to the hotel, get ready look at my phone and now i can't find our scheduled lift on the lift app and i'm like what the hell happened Blah, blah blah but i think what happened was because i had scheduled the lift to go from downtown back to the hotel so close to my other scheduled lift it had canceled that scheduled one it's the only thing i can think of that happened because it was like 15 minutes like in the same time so it canceled it so now i'm like oh fuck this is not good because it was already three uh, three thirty. We booked the next one; it's fifteen to twenty minutes. So now I'm like, oh shit! Now we're gonna make the wedding with about ten minutes to spare at most. We finally get in the lift. The guy is one of the slowest drivers I've ever been in. We get in, and I'm just like, hey, don't want to be a jerk, but like, we're going to a wedding. It's like, you know, thirty miles away. If you can make up any time, like really appreciate it. He's like, oh, no problem. I'll get you there on time. I'll get you there on time. We look at his thing. It's like arrival 422. And then a couple of times it's like 423, 424, 426. It just keeps getting like longer and longer. So now we're like seven miles out and we're all watching his his app and he's supposed to turn left. And instead of turning left, he kind of just keeps going straight and then kind of goes off onto the side of the road. We're like, dude, what's going on? He goes, I think I got a flat. And we're like, no, no way. We go outside. He has a massive flat tire. I mean, this thing is crazy flat. It's done. So now we're just panicked that we're gonna. I'm not concerned about like even missing the ceremony. I'm concerned that we're gonna be in that time frame where like she's gonna be walking down the it's an outdoor wedding so like she's gonna be walking down the aisle as like we're walking in you know like the most interrupting part of a wedding you can be at so like because it's outdoors i don't know if i was like should we just like if we pull up and we see it's going just like sit back and not even bother walking you know this guy changed this tire in like three fucking minutes He must have worked on NASCAR or something because he popped out. He was like flipping the things like super quick and they were like flying off the bolts and stuff. I'm like catching them as he flips them off. We get back in, we made it about five minutes late and the wedding had not started. By the time we sat down, like the music cued and they started coming down. Like We made it within seconds only because they were running late. But so that was stressful, very stressful. But then three quarters through the wedding i went to go to the bathroom and there was just a pile of chunky vomit in the urinal <laughs> i don't know if you've heard of the new podcast that everyone talking about it's who shat at my wedding have you heard of this so it's like this australian couple went got married on a boat so it was like in an isolated area and like they knew everyone that was on board. And then like towards the end of the wedding, someone went to go in the bathroom and there was just a huge shit on the floor. <laughs> and so they made a podcast of like who was the person who did it. And they had like one of their like I think it was like the one of the bridesmaids became like a like she got like her private detective license and was like interviewing people. And they got like a fake uh, lie detector and like we're putting people on. It was like really funny. So then I started going into the who vomited at my wedding. So we started kind of thinking about suspects and talking to different people and just being like, hey, man, you know what's crazy? Like, do you ever like vomit in a urinal before? Like, wouldn't that be so crazy? And like seeing what people would say and what their responses were. And we had three main suspects that I want to inquire further upon once I see the uh, the groom again. He's but- now
1: gone. Don't you kind of make yourself a suspect in the process of asking that question repeatedly?
0: No, because I was not a suspect because I have I have an alibi that we were sitting at the table and then for like an hour and then we watched someone go into the bathroom, come out and say to the bar staff that were next to us, I think someone just vomited in the urinal," <laughs> and then that bar staff had to go and clean it. That was the worst. I felt so bad for that dude. We have one main suspect. He he was very drunk and at one point was like crying at the table next to us. That's how intoxicated he was. And then like kind of disappeared. And then we saw him about two hours later on the dance floor. Just a disaster. He's our number one suspect. All right. We'll leave names out of it, I suppose. I don't even know his name to begin with. <laughs> okay,
1: You'll never be able to solve this case then, really. Oh, we can
0: solve it. <laughs> All right. But it was like I don't know how you do that. And it was a single bathroom with a urinal and a normal toilet. So I mean, what's
1: your what's your alternative?
0: To just go in the toilet next to it. Like there's a urinal and a toilet right there. <laughs> so either one, he was peeing in the urinal and then just all of a sudden like bent over and started vomiting, or was he so in need that yeah. Literally, he couldn't make the extra step to the right. Is one step to the right?
1: Maybe, but you also might have to open something. You also for a toilet didn't have
0: break. to open. It was just like a like just like a wall dividing them, because it no, was like no, a single it, bathroom.
1: The toilet seat, for example. Okay. So you might you run the risk that you've got to pull the toilet seat open. You also to like efficiently throw open a toilet. It is getting on your knees. Like <laughs> let's be real, you know. Like whereas the urinal is a. Bent over, crouching position. Where's there more splashback though? I feel like there's gotta be more splashback in a urinal. I don't know. I've never thrown up in a urinal, so I can't really say. I don't. I mean, neither would be pleasant. But no, I, I can get the urinal move because that's it, it's the same. It's like the person who throws up in the sink over in a over in a <sighs> toilet. It's but the same a lot idea.
0: of times, that I think is because like the stalls are taken, right?
1: No, no, no that's that's the. I mean, because you also have to go in the mindset of someone who's throwing up, either especially at a wedding, but even at a bar, you've probably waited until the absolute. You've you've <laughs> blown a few stop signs, you've had a few warnings, and you've just you've kind of tried to hold out for as long as possible. And now <laughs> you've just got to get to you know it's about to come out of you. So I can understand in that situation, the urinal or or, or the sink becomes <sighs> the. The easiest option but yeah you now are. Now, ask
0: if that's I guess this is tough to ask too because you're probably so intoxicated if that is you are you instantly going to someone being like hey I just really fucked up I no. threw up in the urinal like I'll clean it
1: <laughs> no no way you're slinking
0: out of there and never saying anything ever again
1: <laughs> so I mean the big concern right has to I mean this is not a very pleasant discussion and I'm sure there'll be people <laughs> who listen to this sometimes when they're eating or whatever <laughs> The concern would be, have you blocked it? Oh, this was blocked. (laughs) Then I would probably be scooping it out. Like I probably pull that move myself where I just scoop it out. I'm not going to like clean around it. You know, I'm not going to, and I don't want it to look fresh as it was at the start of the day, but I would do just enough. Then it could get it through the rest of the evening with people (laughs) being like someone definitely threw up in here, but it's okay.
0: Yeah. It did have like that, that, guard thing that you probably oh. could have picked the guard up and like dumped a good amount of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But no, that's, that would have been my move.
0: Yeah. it was. I awesome. mean, I can't
1: imagine a scenario in which I throw up at a wedding, but if it, <laughs> if it did happen, then yeah, that would be my move. It was a fully open bar
0: wedding, so that definitely contributed that, to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that doesn't matter for me anyway. I just, yeah, I can't imagine yeah, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not the worst offense possible though, right? Like, I think shitting on the floor is worse. Yes, <laughs> I just think if you have a wedding, especially if you have groups of friends who like to drink, you have to assume that something like that is going to happen. Yeah, I think like it, it, at my wedding, I would assume one of my friends is throwing up. I would have a short list in my mind ahead of time of <laughs> likely candidates.
0: I've already got – like just that you said that, I already put like three in my head right off the bat.
1: But, I, but if I put those five, six people at the same event with heavy drinking and all six of them make it through, I would be stunned.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've already got a short list for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. On that, we've we've done a solid 20 minutes without even mentioning the world of sport. Do we, still a quiet week, but do we get on to some of the more important topics going on right now?
0: Yeah, do you want to do a little upset in the open?
1: Yeah, we can do. We can do. Mr. Mr. Waggle. Did you see all the the discussions surrounding his endless pre-shot routine? Yeah. Including including the US coverage like dedicating some on screen graphics to it, which I thought was pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah. It was yeah, it's a little annoying.
1: What <laughs> the the graphics, on screen graphics they did or his or his actual waggle. His waggling? like
0: his, yeah, his waggling, whatever you want yeah. to call it.
1: I think he I think he peaked on one shot at something like twenty two waggles. At one moment the last time I saw it, the waggle counter Oh no, so it, it, um, before a particular shot, they had him at 52. Jesus. Uh, total pre-shot waggles, they had him at 5,870. Oh my God. And that his, combined, his waggling added up to the runtime of The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was...
0: Uh... I guess for people who don't know what that means, it's kind of like... I, I, I. How do you describe it? Like the...
1: It's his. It's his, Yeah, it's his pre-shot routine where I mean, you see every golfer do a couple where they're sort of adjusting their wrists and kind of moving yeah. their, moving their club back and forward to sort of get themselves into a, their comfortable position, similar to, kind of how a baseball player might sort of go through that process as well. Same cricketers in terms of moving the bat up and down in their pre, as part of their pre-shot routine. But yeah, for most most golfers, it's three, four. He was running into the double figures, every, every shot it's in the end, you can't criticize him. Cause he obviously kind of ran away from the tournament and was the only person in with yeah. a chance of winning for the final couple of rounds almost really. But it's pretty painful being his yeah. playing partner would be tough. Yeah.
0: And it was for me, it was personally unfortunate that last round because I was in the unique situation of being stuck on a three hour plane ride when he was on about hole four. So it would have been the perfect time frame to watch a a nice final round come down to, you know, a few golfers and see some drama. But instead, I just watched him kind of with his quirks and up six strokes basically the entire time. There's like that one time I think was it either Rory or or um, someone else was like five back at a point early on.
1: Rom got within three at one moment.
0: Okay, that's okay. When he had then, like bogeyed the third hole or something, Harmon yeah, and, and Rob had like birdied.
1: Yeah.
0: But then after that, he kind of just recovered and and flew away from it. So that was kind of disappointing. So I kind of end up just kind of like dozing off, trying to watch it every once in a while because it wasn't very exciting. But yeah, good, uh, pretty impressive victory. I, I saw some of the stats about, you know, like how much he had won by and how long he had been in the lead and by how many strokes it was. Some of the names being mentioned were some pretty big profile
1: wins. No, I mean, it was, it was super impressive. And had he been a bigger name, more would have been made of that. In the end, it's kind of disappointing because you did have pretty much the rest of the field all back in the sort of five, six, seven under range. And if he had, I mean, good not for been him, there. obviously. <laughs> but yeah, had he not been there, you would have had an incredibly exciting finish to the tournament yeah. rather than, which obviously, again, you know, as we always say, if you're a neutral that's what you want to see. So obviously exciting for him. He seems like a nice guy. It's nothing, yeah. not that I don't want him to have won, but from a spectator's perspective, it would have been a little cooler had you had 10 players within two shots of the lead with four or five holes to play.
0: Now, let me ask you this, and I don't know if they addressed this and it was just logistically impossible, but he won and it was literally just his agent was the only person with him. No friends, no family, nothing. It was literally just him and his agent were staying, I think, in a hotel room together. In fact, at what do you, do you not think that after that third round, when you've got a six, seven shot lead, that maybe a try and get your family over? A few people to celebrate with, try and get them over?
1: Is that too me. much of a
0: jinx, you think? If it's or? me,
1: absolutely not. My superstition would kick in. Way too much. There's no way, and still, I mean, you're not going to do it after the first two rounds, right? So realistically, you're saying on Saturday, do you try and get them over? Every hotel, everything is going to be fully booked. So you have got kind of no chance. Finding them to a place to stay is going to be difficult. You probably would have needed a favor from like another golfer who might could have stayed in Liverpool or something. <laughs> I I still think in the weekend of the Open, I think you're going to struggle within two hours away to get a hotel, realistically. Yeah. It's just unfortunate.
0: Saturday. I mean, that's he's never going to have a bigger moment than that in his life. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put my money on it. <laughs>
1: you never know. But,
0: but yeah, he did celebrate in style, Eddie. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't know. Oh, so he went, he took the claret jug out to dinner. Do you want to know where they went? <laughs>
1: Do you want to get guests? Um, I guess if I had to get, I mean, it's a Sunday, so that might limit it. I'm going to guess because he's in Liverpool, he had to go to the Cavern Club. He did not. They went
0: to a little joint in West Kirby called Hickory's Smokehouse, a barbecue joint that the Google Maps says is a buzzing American barbecue joint serving hickory smoked and grilled meat, kids' menu, shakes, and
1: U.S. beers. <laughs> wow, that's pathetic. <laughs> i would have thought like the cavern club was a little pathetic for just being super touristy but the fact that you seek out american food which would have at best my here's my reason that at best is mediocre like that's not a good restaurant so that's 4.6 stars well yeah because people rave about how good the barbecue is yeah from people from that area
0: you know what maybe we go We might find ourselves in Liverpool next year. Maybe we make a pilgrimage. (laughs) Okay, in his honor. (laughs) Maybe we say we know him and they'll give us 50%
1: off. (laughs) Yeah, we can try. But yeah, and also a classic weekend for Rory, right? Never really in it. Another top 10 finish. Nice big payday. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he in a sense, when he ends up retiring, his consistency has to be admired it won't because people focus so heavily on number of major wins and even maybe second places get thrown in but just his consistency in being top five top ten it's super impressive but i guess we also have to talk about the other really big sports story certainly where i am that is unfolding, which is Kylian Mbappe's potential move to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Al Hilal, the Saudi Arabian club, having put in a 300 million euro offer to PSG, which has been accepted, and are reportedly offering him a 700 million, a 700 million euro single season contract. Unbelievable. I mean <laughs>
0: that's insane no. I know I know I've said previously once you get to a certain amount of money does it really make a difference but I think this level of money is like like overdoes that statement
1: <laughs> yeah he, I mean it's a tough one to turn down because I mean it plays into his you know the goal for him obviously is to leave next year on a free expectations are that he would sign for Real Madrid this allows him to do that and get paid an absolutely astronomical sum of money i still don't if he has anyone smart around him there has to be like al halal whilst none of these clubs care about money he he think you'd have to be have someone saying there's got there's something fishy here like they've they have they must be having having some expectation of the fact that you will stay or how they might end up making it difficult for you to leave or who knows what it is, but it because it makes no sense.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I, I think you just get the best contract lawyer in the world and make sure that thing is solid, that you can go for one year and then just go to Real Madrid the next year with $700 million in your pocket or euros.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. And I don't want to come across as uh uh-huh. In a certain way But you're still going to Saudi Arabia And I'm not sure how much The best contract lawyer in the world Is necessarily going to help you If things get incredibly complicated About whether either that is you don't get paid Or uh, they make it difficult for you to leave In one way or another I mean he's so famous you would have to assume That that's very difficult to imagine happening But I don't know I just It, it makes no sense for them I know I money mean, just doesn't exist <laughs> For the people running these clubs. Like, it just doesn't matter at all. It's all funny money to them, but still.
0: I mean, what's even crazier to me, though, is what if he decided to stay? In three years, he'd be at like $2 billion almost. Could you imagine that? Like, there's no way they can sustain that. I understand money is not an option, but I still think there's no way any club in the world can sustain paying someone 2 billion dollars for a 3 year contract.
1: I mean again, they can because <laughs> but you're right. I mean if he does go there and love it and he says the right guys can we sign me up for that 10 year 7 billion euro contract then please? God. Did they say no? Does he I, get I, a cuz then cuz you're right in a sense for him to sign a long term deal Like then say he signs a four-year, 800 million euro deal. Still outrageous. But then you'd be like, oh, wow, they got you there, didn't they? Yeah. In the end. Bamboozled you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you didn't negotiate particularly well. But I mean, he seemingly does not want to go. Yeah.
0: It's it's strange to me. Like I don't get it, right? Because he – let me see if I'm understanding it correctly, right? He's basically stuck at PSG for one more year. They're not going to let him
1: go, right? No, no. They No, they want to sell him.
0: No, no. Okay. So let, let, let me say it differently. They want to sell him, but he can't just leave and go play somewhere
1: else. No, he's a free agent at the end of this year. He has yes. a player option for one more year if he decided to stay. But because he has openly said that he will not uh, use that player option for the additional year... PSG have told him I think it's the dead the, I think the deadline was the 30th of July when he has to activate that additional year's player option. They basically said if he hasn't done that by the 30th of July that they would be selling him. He will not be playing for them. Their yes. intent is to sell him. But if they don't
0: sell him, he could theoretically just sit there for a year and not yes. be able to play at all.
1: If yeah, if they didn't reach some kind of understanding where he yeah. got to play but yeah there is a realistic possibility he sort of sits this season out. Yeah. He has to do all of the things necessary so that they have to keep paying him, right? So right now for example, he is training with a group of players who they want to get rid of. So he's not training with the sort of main squad of players, but he has to turn up to training every day and and do everything they ask of him, do do everything he yeah, otherwise they could say it's a breach of contract and, you know, not pay him for that week.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, and that's the sense where I think he's such a phenomenal player. Is one year playing at that level going to hinder him so much that the following year, when he goes to whatever club he eventually wants to go to as a free agent, he's not going to be as good? You know, like, I I don't see that. So, for me, I don't understand what, like, You're right, it is Saudi Arabia and that's kind of an issue. But if the option is potentially sitting out and calling their bluff and getting screwed over and having to basically sit out a year of playing and just kind of being in training on your own or making 600 million euros to play and still get to play 700 million euros to just get to play for a year and then go be wherever you want to be without having to deal with any other club getting in your way. I don't understand why you don't take that.
1: Maybe, maybe. But as I said, I would be skeptical. I'd just be a little bit skeptical. And I don't, <laughs> you know, like you need someone who knows Saudi Arabian contract law inside out. And I don't know how many of those guys you could find who aren't also in the pocket of the people who are probably going to end up paying. You. <laughs> so they would be, you know, how... How certain can you be of everything that you're exactly agreeing to? That would be my concern. According to reports in the French media, his family and the people around him are in favor of him leaving. So it's just him. (laughs) I'm sure they are. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just him who seems to have certain doubts. You've got to keep in mind, too, he's got the Euros coming up next summer. So he's got to think about how can I be in the best position if he cares about, you know, and he seems to care a lot about France's success if you care about that how can you be in the best position to perform well and you know one of the very highest levels 12 months from now going to Saudi Arabia is probably not the best petri- uh, preparation for that the real loser in all this is Al-Halal prior to getting this <laughs> no, Al-Halal prior to getting this deal accepted they were trying to sign Mitrovic from Fulham and, <laughs> and Mitrovic was upset that Fulham were holding out for I think 50 million pounds for him and he felt like that was an unrealistic valuation. And this is the problem you have if you're a football club who gets an offer from one of these Saudi teams is you know 50 they'll million, pay whatever, right? Yeah, 50 million pounds is too much for Mitrovic, but if they come bidding, you 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 got to double triple whatever you'd sell to another yeah. Premier League club. And Mitrovic kind of threw his toys out of the pram because he was upset at how unrealistic the valuation was. And now they've moved on to, you know, spend 260 million pounds on Mbappe instead. So, yeah, I mean, I have to admit, as much as I love sport, this has the possibility of just ruining ruining. sports. The ship sailed a long time ago when it came to believing that athletes made almost any decisions for non-financial reasons. But this will just, we won't even be able to pretend Yeah. And and like,
0: again, I know it doesn't matter at all, but to me, it's just a terrible look for that club and for that league in general that they're willing to just throw enormous amounts of money to bring someone there for one year. There's no, he may take this deal for this year, but he's not staying past this year because he eventually wants to go back and be successful. I don't think he will. Maybe you know and it's like, really but, hard. How, but how stupid does that look? You know, like yeah, we just paid almost a billion dollars to bring a guy in for a year who really didn't boost the club or do anything for the club past that year, and now we're back in the same boat.
1: I mean, look, if you were them, you would say money's no issue. If Killian Mbappe signs for us, people are going to watch our matches. Like, there's no way. Like, I won't. But I'll see highlights or whatever. But there will be people in the same way that people tune in now to watch Ronaldo matches in Saudi Arabia. People will tune in to watch Kylian Mbappe matches, and their shirt sales will increase. And again, they don't care about the money. But they don't care definitely. about the money. But it will still. But then once he leaves next the year, that the club is just as shitty as they you were. You sure he leaves? Because if you're them, if you're them, and you say we got him for one year, seven hundred million, you really think he's going to turn down the second seven hundred million? Why this time? Why is he going to turn it down this time if he didn't turn it down the first time?
0: Because 700 is enough. You don't need 1.4. You know,
1: most people would say what he's already earning is enough. So why why is he going to turn it down this time?
0: Well, but, it... but, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's why realistically I could see it happening this year because if the other option is not playing at all, then fuck it. Go there and play and, and make a ton of money. But then next year you can decide exactly where you want to go and not have to worry about sitting out or dealing not, with PSG.
1: That's not really the option. I mean, he... He can play this year if he started behaving like an actual professional and not you know some of these professional athletes who treat it as if they are being held captive by these teams playing paying them astronomical sums of money if he just behaved himself i mean i'm i can understand psg's position he made a big deal about turning down about signing that contract until 2025 about turning down Real Madrid. He made all the press announcement about how he wanted to stay in Paris, how he's from Paris, how much it meant to him. And then 12 months later, he's unhappy that he has to stay in this awful situation of living in one of the best cities in the world and being extremely highly paid and really having no pressure on him because, you know, there's not a huge expectations surrounding PSG this year, aside from winning the things that they absolutely should win. So, yeah, I don't know. It's. Kylian Mbappe, to me, represents a lot of what's wrong with football in general. And the fact that he is now coming into contact with the thing that I think stands to possibly ruin professional football as we know it. And, you know, I think people in general have to be careful because money is no issue for these, you know, for the Saudis or the Qataris or whatever. And they could ruin every sport if they want to. Like there's nothing stopping them from starting to say, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes, you want to come and play in this like flag football league? We've just got up and running in Saudi Arabia. We'll pay you eight hundred million dollars a year. If you want to do it? You know, like there's a certain moment in time if one of them just happens to get in. You really need like two of them to suddenly decide, like, I love playing Madden. Why don't we just do that ourselves? And then it's just all bets are off." because you're then really hoping we saw it with golf you got to hope that enough people care about winning the open more than they care about money or you ha- and then you'd have to hope that someone really cares about winning the lombardi trophy more than they care about owning every house they've ever dreamt of and with mbappe we're seeing the same thing getting tested and that's before we even get into the really complicated situation where the same people who are investing in clubs in in uh, in in Europe are also running this league. So, I mean, the thing I would be most skeptical of is that the people who end up owning Al Halal then turn around to Kylian Mbappe and say, you know what, now we're going to sign you to a 10-year, $4 billion contract, but we're going to loan you to Southampton because we've just bought Southampton. So you get to go and play in the Premier League and we're going to loan you there and Southampton and are going to officially pay 0.1% of your wages and we'll just pick up the rest. So for financial fair play, it's out the window. And, you know, we've circumvented all of, the, all of the rules that are in place to try and stop people from just spending unlimited sums of money in European football. And we're kind of seeing that, right? Like Chelsea are selling players to clubs in the Middle East that are owned by their, their owners. Yeah, How do you stop it?
0: Oh, I think eventually they're gonna have to put something in place to stop it.
1: <laughs> you are gonna have to say you can only own like you'd have to have UEFA come in and say you can only own one football club in the world. But then what's gonna stop? I am a billionaire. You are a billionaire, and I go, hey Frank, you want to do me a solid? I like, you know like, and this is the scenario we could be in even here is you say, hey, do you want to just want to spend a crazy amount of money on killing Mbappe and then just loan him to my, you know, like I'll pick up the drinks next time we go out and. You just do that. We'll call it even. You know, what I mean, yeah. this is the no, world. This is the world we're getting yeah. into, where you know. Yeah,
0: and then throw AI into the mix. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, it's it's it has you know the the landscape of sport has changed radically already in the last thirty years in our lifetime as a result of the just incre- massive increase in how much money people earn. But we're looking at a world where people earn. I mean, just ungodly sums of money. There's no there's no two ways about it.
0: I thought the big news you wanted to talk about was in the other football league, the NFL, with Tom Brady, reportedly now together with Arena Sheikh, that's hot off the TMZ sports news. <laughs> Have you seen this? Apparently, think, apparently they know. spent a night together.
1: <laughs> I don't think this counts as sports news, for starters. So what I <laughs> said, let's transition back into the world of sport. I wait, wait. The... I, have
0: a, I, have a, I have a question for you, though. Yeah. So, Okay, so he's now supposedly with or dating Irina Shake, who is probably only actually like seven years younger than him, so not too bad. Not like super creepy. But she used to be with Bradley Cooper, and then she was with Ronaldo for about four or five years as well. So I'm going to toss to you, Eddie, the merry fuck kill of Ronaldo, Tom Brady, and Bradley Cooper.
1: <laughs> no. So yeah, she's 37. So it's not creepy at all. No, no, like I don't that's, think so. No, but you're like, not a, you know, maybe a little, but 37, 45, that's normal. It's eight years. Yeah, but it's but eight years is different when yeah. you're in your late 30s. It's not
0: like Buzz Aldrin when it was like 45 years, or it's we not talked about that a few months ago, or it's ago. not he's
1: 22 and she's 14, you know, like eight <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, well,
0: that's that's called illegal, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not in Saudi Arabia. Okay, um, I would marry that's a tough one because they've all it is,
0: it's, it's actually a really good one. <laughs>
1: Ultimately, Bradley Cooper seems like the most normal. So I think he's got to be the Mary. Because Even, I just...
0: You, you don't get annoyed about his uh, actor fandom? studio thing with oh. uh, that doesn't bother you when everyone brings up the Bradley... Did you know Bradley Cooper was in an actor studio and asked a question to I Robert
1: mean, De Niro? That's <laughs> not his fault, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not him bringing it up. So... Uh, I'm not a huge Bradley Cooper fan, is that I don't actually think he's in that many good movies. I think he's kind of overrated as an actor. Ooh. But, yeah, I know. Shots fired. But he is famous enough that you, and presumably well, I mean, the other two are significantly wealthier than him. So yeah. you also have to balance this. But I'm going to say, I, I'm i guessing Brown. It makes it tough, right? <laughs> I think Bradley wait, Cooper.
0: Let me ask you this: Who would be the other potential Mary? It can't be Tom Brady. Guy's insane. Oh, it has, it has to
1: be Brady,
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, but I, I, don't I don't think don't. that's even a question. I think it's Bradley Cooper all the way. I mean, Brady's psychotic. <laughs> I,
1: I think Ronaldo is the obvious kill. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think.
0: if you get to the if you pick Bradley Cooper for the Mary. Then you have the the fuck of either Ronaldo or Tom Brady. And I think you've got to go Ronaldo.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just imagining the Brady fuck would be like super vanilla, right? And it would just be.
0: (laughs) Oh, so you don't want to enjoy it?
1: (laughs) I don't think I'm going to enjoy it either way, just based on my own uh, sexual preferences. So, because here's the the important question I'm going to get Am I fucking them or are they fucking me?
0: You know, I guess that depends on who you choose.
1: Okay, so who's who? <laughs> I think we know. I think I know who you're saying is going to be doing one of them. So then Ronaldo gets killed. Okay, but yeah, to me the debate is: I think ultimately you're getting enough money and fame perks from Bradley Cooper, but you're probably getting to live, if you want to, a pretty normal life. Yeah, like if you just wanted to fly under the radar, you could. Whereas I think it's impossible to fly under the radar with either. Certainly with Ronaldo, impossible. Brady might become possible eventually. Yeah, Ronaldo's killed. I think it's Mary Bradley Cooper. <laughs> it's fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. They do have a kid together
0: Bradley Cooper and Irina Shake. Yeah, that doesn't bother me either. <laughs>
1: In this, in this particular relationship, I don't think we have to worry about having more children. So, <laughs> I mean, the famous incestuous kind of dating circles—I kind of get because ultimately, to be able to th- like survive that level of fame, you probably have to be a certain type of person. So, like dating a normal person becomes difficult because you just struggle with Matt Damon's how- done it. Oh, good for him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, it's definitely possible, but it it also just depends on the type of person you want to be then and how much you want to court. Like, Matt Damon hasn't really sort of sought out additional fame and those kind of other sides of celebrity life in a way that Ronaldo certainly has, for example. I mean, Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's like... She's not famous. His current, she's not his wife, but yeah, girlfriend or whatever she is. That seems like a pretty,
0: I'm gonna say strange relationship, but I have a feeling there's some some signatures involved in that relationship. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like agreements. <laughs> okay,
1: let's not get some sued here. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs>
0: She also dated Kanye, but I didn't want to put Kanye in a the mix there.
1: <laughs> I mean, he'd, yeah, he's the kill.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> makes I, it too easy. <laughs> yeah, it's a no-brainer.
1: All right, bring us back to sports then. True sports, I guess. I mean, you're just determined to take us off topic. I don't know. I mean, well, I went to the final stage of the Tour de France uh, this Sunday, so that was exciting. A little bit of an upset in the final sprint stage. And, you know, it wasn't, overall, not the most exciting Tour de France ever. The general classification battle between Pogaccia and Vinegord kind of got settled a few stages out. So, yeah, not, not going to go down as an all-time classic, I don't think. But still a fun. It's just interesting to go year after year and just see every year it gets bigger. like Just more and more people, more, f- like, fanfare surrounding it. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah,
0: it looked like you guys had a pretty nice setup. Must be nice.
1: Yeah, yeah it's just going to be the go-to every year, the, the rest, <laughs> the restaurant view of the Champs-Élysées. The only downside is you don't see the finish, which when you're dealing with a sprint finish, you, you do kind of want to be there. But in reality, to be in a position to be on the finish line is pretty tough anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we can go back to the NFL, and there's two... Bits of news today that I think influence both our uh, uh, moods with, I guess, mine being Saquon Barkley has agreed to a one-year deal after probably the briefest holdout in, in NFL history where he almost missed the day of training camp, but then ended up not missing any days of mandatory training camp uh, and signed a one-year deal for about $10 million and and another million, I think, in incentives. And signed to be allowed to be franchise tagged next year, which is a big loss for him. I, I I don't I kind of feel bad in a way, but I don't because I don't really enjoy when players hold out when they don't finish their contracts. But at the same time, you know, he did come back from an injury and he did perform very well, and maybe he was deserving of getting a good contract renewal and Apparently they weren't very close. Uh, so but it seems like here he kind of caved. And, you know, I think he does care about the team and does care about playing and kind of caved a little bit and gave in and, and signed the one year deal. So I think it's good for the Giants. Um, you know, they had the money there ready to go. So we'll see what happens. I like to be a running back and to sign a one year deal is so scary. Like you could be like, especially Barkley. I mean, he could be injured. <laughs> week four and tear his ACL again, you know, and then, you know, and then you have multiple knee injuries in your career. And, you know, that's, that's a huge risk for a running back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just in a tough position, right? Because, and I don't know what you do as a team because there's an element of wanting to show someone loyalty, but you don't want to show them loyalty at your own expense. So, and ultimately even though running backs are going to, people are going to try and convince us every year that running backs are super, super relevant and a good running back makes a big impact. But the reality is you can find a good running back kind of easily nowadays. Like you don't need to spend a first round draft pick. You could have an undraft, like they could have not say could have held out and then they could have had some undrafted running back who, comes in and makes a big difference or even a guy who's like been in the in the league for five years but never really got his chance and he can produce at a super high level in the right system for 12 months so i don't really know what you do as a team like that actually it has to be quite difficult negotiations to have because you got to sit down with the guy and say you play a really physically demanding role you're going to have a relatively short career compared with a lot of other positions in the nfl you get a lot of like you kind of get abused over the course of a season and we have to hope that you want to take all of that. And we appreciate the fact that you play for us and we think you're really, really good at your position, but we can't pay you anywhere near what running backs in the past might've been paid. And we can't like, it just doesn't make logical sense for us to do anything other than try and get a very team friendly deal with you.
0: Yeah, it it is really tough being a running back because I mean, I think we're both on the same page here, you even more so than me, that running backs are just a plug-and-play option. I mean, and the most... I think the first high-profile one for me that had the whole holdout, you guys need me more than I need you, and just completely backfired was Le'Veon Bell, um, where he held out. And just to pull up the stats, Le'Veon Bell's last year in Pittsburgh he ran for 1,200 yards with nine touchdowns and had an average rush of four. That next year, they had James Conner, who was a rookie, coming out of University of Pitts, so And I have been a highly recruited rookie. And he had 4.5 yards per carry, 973 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So I, I'm not including Le'Veon Bell's passing uh, receiving stats, which obviously boosted. But still, like they just plugged in a brand-new rookie. I think he was a third-round draft pick, maybe, running back and did the same, if not better, you know, and then Le'Veon Bell went on to go to the Jets and did absolute shit, you know, so it's, it's a tough reality, but I think that is kind of the reality of a running back. You have super, super special ones, you know, maybe like Christian McCaffrey can't be replaced very easily. Um, And maybe Barkley can't be fully replaced, but if you can replace him at 85% of the production you're getting for A fourth of the value. I think that's Um,
1: you know maybe even maybe even less, right? Yeah, you you might be able to get eighty five percent for ten percent of the what you're going to pay him. Almost, you know. So you because you're getting into with a lot of these guys league minimum contracts, you know. So you you really are dealing with a fraction of the cost. But yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey and a a few others who kind of get into like a hybrid. You're not dealing with them as pure running backs. They're playing a significant part in the pass game. That's a little different. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's just it's tough with the NFL in general, right? It's, it's like it's like how tight ends get paid less than wide receivers. But then you could argue the best tight ends in the league are more relevant to their team than any wide receiver is, you know. Yeah. I, I, so but that's just the way that the league works. I don't know. I think I definitely, if you were a GM, as much as you want to be loyal, as much as you want to maintain relationships with specific agents, which I guess is also one of those factors that always has to be considered. You don't want to sign the the big, because 12 months from now, you risk being, how on earth did they sign Saquon Barkley to a four year? Like that's one of the worst contracts we've ever seen. We all knew he was old. We all knew running backs don't matter anymore. We all knew he had an injury history. You know, so it could be the thing that, you know, I think that's the tough thing. It could be the thing that ends your career as a GM. Yeah.
0: And then the other big news released today is that. Oh, it's not big news. That Brock Purdy is cleared and ready to go.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to go with different Niners news. No. Nick Nick Bosa also is not reporting to training camp for, because he's also holding out. But the expectations are that he will sign a contract. Like, it's just, this is just part of the process. But I, I going back to the point you made at one point, I also don't really like the holding out element. Like, I just think... <laughs> and with someone like Nick Bosa, kind of doesn't matter. Like, I very much doubt he even needs a preseason in order to be ready to go in week one and then off by himself he'll be doing all of the training necessary to be in yeah. you he'll know, probably to doing love, too
0: much training and hurt himself in a typical bosa family style <laughs> perhaps
1: <laughs> but you know like there's no concerns there of like oh does this hurt the niners that he won't be involved for the opening yeah. few weeks of preseason but i do think offense I, just, I
0: think is a lot more important you know because you have to yes. get in the flow with your offense for sure
1: and also when you're, he's dealing in a unit that will be kind of relatively unchanged. They kind of know what their roles are. They know the system, but yeah, I don't love the mentality of, like, it's again, where I, I get it from athletes, they have short careers and they have to make money, but like, we can't do that in our jobs, right? I can't be unhappy with my contract and just say, well, I'm not turning up then until you give me the contract that I want, you know, there's, yeah. and very different situations, but. Yeah, it just kind of bothers me a bit. But yeah, Brock Purdy looks as if he'll be ready to go. They're they're adhering to a plan
0: that's been put in place for some time, said uh, Lynch, but they're going to do like a two days on, one day off of throwing and kind of work him back in easily. Uh, But he is cleared and ready to go, and he is the definitive starter. They came out and said that again for like the 50th time that he is the first team guy. So you know what that means? Week one, he is the backup. <laughs> well, Typical because Niners.
1: <laughs> well, cause he this just clears him for workouts, right? He still might not be ready for week one. Yeah. Like there's, so there's, he almost certainly probably isn't starting week one. So yeah, it's, it's, and then this is the thing. It's kind of the easy thing to label him as the starter, because you know he probably isn't starting the first couple weeks of the season. And then if someone gets off whoever else that is, who they end up going with, if they get off to a really good start, then they'll say, well, we can't drop the hot hand. You know, like, oh, well, Trey Lance is playing really, really well. We got to keep going with him. Like, So there's, and they've obviously shown that to be the case with how they dealt with Brock Purdy last season. There's going to be no loyalty in a sense to whoever they happen to have named the, the starter.
0: Well, I'll tell you what's also kind of scary, Eddie. One of the other things that Lynch said is that, uh, so they're going to do the two day on one day off. So the day off, it will be Lance and Sam Darnold that will be splitting the snaps 50-50. <laughs> so it really shows you how confident they are in, in Eddie's
1: Wonderkind of Trey Lance. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's specifically mine. I like Darnold. Don't get me wrong.
0: Shut up! That is the most (laughs) egregious Niners take I've ever heard in my life. Don't don't even continue talking. You can't even say anything past that. (laughs) There is nothing to like about Sam Darnold.
1: Speaking of quarterbacks with nothing to like, though, have you watched? We discussed it last episode. I'm guessing there's a no. Have you watched the quarterback documentary series? I have. I have
0: not. I, I. I. I have gotten into binging a show on Netflix that is consuming my idle time. Okay. And it's something I know you'll hate. I re- I'm rewatching Suits. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: awful. Yeah. Watching it the first time around is bad enough. Rewatching it is.
0: I know. I've just gotten sucked in. And now I, now I just I, I need to know. I need to know what happens to Mike again. I can't okay. remember all the details. I need to know. <laughs>
1: Um, okay. Well, all I'll say is this: having watched more of it, I can't be even the slightest Mahomes fan anymore. Ooh, he I is, can't wait to watch it and double down on Mahomes. He is such a fork <laughs> that it's it's I, it makes me. If the Niners don't win the Super Bowl this year, I hope it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> like I. Again, they've done a good job of not dipping too much into the ultra religious side because I know that would be where I feel uncomfortable with him. But just he seems like such a good guy. <laughs> Even Marcus Mariota comes off really well in this, but Mahomes just it's right. there's not a lot. I, to I'll do. make
0: a I'll I'll make a strong effort to to watch it in the next week and then we can discuss it. For sure. But I couldn't watch it this weekend or I should say Thursday before because the weekend I was on a trip because instead I went to see Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One in the IMAX. What a thrill ride. That Tom Cruise, man, he is saving the movies.
1: Okay. Well, let me put... It gets a good review for me. Then you would encourage listeners to go and watch it.
0: I definitely would encourage listeners to go watch it. I, I it's an action movie. It's not oh, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's not Mission like Impossible. a Steven Soderbergh like like mind thriller. You know, it's you're not getting like a David Fincher movie. You're getting a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible action movie. So that was the annoying part of some of the criticism is you know like oh the plot's a little thin like of course it's a little thin it's mission impossible you're not there to like dig into the details you're there to see crazy stunts and 30 minute car chases and and like train fights and all that and it delivered i mean it's it's crazy it is intense it is fun a little long but oh, good i will say haven't been to an imax in about a whew, 10 15 years I might be too old. <laughs> I questioned whether I want to go back for Oppenheimer this
1: week. Really? Just because of the it level is, of noise? or
0: It's loud and it's like a huge screen and there's a lot going on. And the seats aren't super comfortable because now most of the movie theater seats here are all like the leather, cushy recliner seats. But those are your standard old school, like flip down stadium seats almost. Yeah. So it was pretty uncomfortable because they were very old as well. So they were pretty worn down seats, but it's, 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 a, it's a lot. The IMAX, like they're throwing a lot at you. I'll definitely go see Oppenheimer still. Cause I think you have to see Oppenheimer in it.
1: It's made for IMAX. So, well, let me, let me flip on it, flip it on you then. Now that you're raving about uh, Tom Cruise, what's your Mary fuck kill? Tom Cruise, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy. <laughs>
0: That's pretty random.
1: <laughs> well, it's not really. Obviously, Tom Cruise and, and Killian Murphy both, both make sense. They're in big movies of the summer. And I know you love Tom Hardy. I know you love Killian Murphy, too. So <laughs> you could kill- put Ryan I- Gosling in there instead of Tom Hardy. Okay. I think you love Tom Hardy more than you like Ryan Gosling. I would argue I should probably switch Tom Cruise out and put Ryan Gosling in because I think you're just going to kill Tom Cruise. Uh, I don't
0: know. Okay. Uh, the original one you gave me. I don't know who's the 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 marriage material out of any of them. So Tom Cruise yeah. is just off his wheel. Like he he's just like in another planet. Killian Murphy is so secluded, you might not be able to have a conversation with them. I don't know. It might be like the driest marriage ever. And Tom Hardy. You might have to marry Tom Hart. He's, he's a little – he seems a little like uh, of adrenaline drunkie. and that's not my style. Like I, I wouldn't ride motorcycles with him all day. I know he likes to just like cruise around the United but States let, in a but motorcycle.
1: You'd, but you'd let him wrestle you.
0: <laughs> I'd wrestle the shit out of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but speaking of, speaking of Killian Murphy though now we discussed off podcast the extended I mean some listeners will have seen it by now, but the prolonged nudity scenes between him and Florence Pugh. And to be honest with you, this is a topic we've discussed sometimes in the past. I don't know if we need this like degree of realism that has to be added through like sex scenes I think rarely contribute anything to a movie. So I think it's more likely to just make it make me feel uncomfortable. And again, this is a type of movie that I would watch. With like my parents and i don't know like you don't really want to be it doesn't make yeah. me, it doesn't ru- ruin the experience i haven't seen
0: much. the movie but i will i am gonna jump to a conclusion already that it's probably not super necessary
1: oh i mean you no know, i don't think robert oppenheimer's story or the manhattan project was reliant on him having But the movie,
0: like I understand that, but like is it super pertinent to the movie and the story that they're telling within the movie? Probably not probably not.
1: (laughs) Killian Murphy, okay, very you as you point out, very quiet. Always very respectful when he speaks about his fellow actors. So he did make a point. I saw one interview with him where he was asked which actor who you hadn't previously worked with were you most excited to work with on this movie? He said, Florence Pugh, perhaps that's the case. Or perhaps that just felt like this sort of correct thing to say to like name a female cast member and not just say, you know, one of the big male stars that he's also getting to work alongside. But then when speaking about these prolonged. I, I, oh, but that's what confused me. They they asked. Um, but anyway, he. Now, anyway, we're going. But when I asked about these prolonged nudity scenes, um, he said uh he there were moments when he remembered saying i couldn't have done this without you and this was in reference to uh, uh i think emily blunt it's unclear who he was speaking to it was either hidden reference to emily blunt or For- florence Pugh about how he was able to get through these nudity scenes and either way they make me slightly uncomfortable like if i were his wife I don't know if I necessarily want to hear those exact words. I might want to hear, they, oh, the other person made me feel really comfortable. It's always an awkward experience. But to go to make it so you were the only person who could have helped me through this, you'd probably leave that one out.
0: Yeah, that's that's not the best take. I will say I've saw two separate. So I think both Matt Damon and Robert Downey Jr. said that Killian Murphy in in this movie is the hardest they've ever seen an actor work in any movie they've ever been on. And I know people like to boost up movies and say things but they said he literally did nothing the entire time like they would have extended weekends like a three four day weekend in between filming scenes. And they would all go, you know, like, on a private jet and go somewhere for a few days. And he would just stay behind in his trailer. And they said he was like teaching himself Dutch for the, for the lines for the movie. Like he was a hundred percent committed, did not do anything from the time shooting started to when it ended. So, and and you can see that in his movies. Like he is, is, he's good. this
1: This is why I hate actors because, Oh, poor, poor old Killian couldn't jet off with us on the private jet for the weekend. Basically, he had to they're basically, oh, my God, he actually had to do work like this is the what,
0: actors can't get weekends off, Eddie. Like, it's not like every human works seven days a week.
1: Do we have to go back into my theory that basically anybody could act? <laughs>
0: well, like... Yeah, th- that, that could all, all well and good. But I still think people do need time to, like, not be doing their job all the time.
1: Or for starters, that's baked into the acting process because you don't act for seventeen hours straight. You they don't. They kind even of do.
0: Fl- they film no. for like fourteen hours.
1: They're on set, but they're mostly doing nothing. Like you're not filming scene after scene after scene.
0: I love <laughs> that Eddie Eddie the fucking AD here now. He knows everything going on on movie sets.
1: <laughs> By all means, a I starred in the 2007 Toyota Yaris. TV commercial. So I have a little <laughs> bit of uh, onset experience. But B, if, if someone listening to this disagrees or has a chance, come and follow us on Twitter or now X, I suppose, the Big Jill podcast or Instagram. And you could tell me why you're, from your sort of personal experiences, you think I'm wrong. But the reality is, yes, they might have long days, but it's not like they're just, they're not like, and go again for 14 hours straight while these people, they just have to sit. It's boring as shit. I'm not denying it. I'm not saying it's like super easy work, but you're filming a scene for a little bit. Then you're sitting around waiting for them to move lights around or someone else to film their scene. And then you're going back to do it. But I do think it shows a certain lack of awareness for what ev- other people's everyday lives lives are like to be like, Oh my God, Killian worked so hard on this movie. You know, like the six months where he made a few million dollars and then won't do anything else for the next eight months. Well, he, you know, the R and R he desperately needs after the one project of the year he's involved in, like he worked so hard, like his total cumulative days of actually working this year, it's going to be over a hundred. Can you believe that? Like, Oh my God. And and then, you know, the most tiring part of it too, once we're done filming, then we have to travel the world and stay in five-star hotels and go to press junkets. And it's so boring because people ask us the same question over and over again. You don't know how difficult it is to be a successful actor. It's just, oh gosh, take me down off the cross. How how I, I'm just inspiring the world with my work ethic.
0: I still think so. I, I think that like, I don't care what job you're doing. If you're working every day without any break or any relaxation, that's going to be stressful.
1: Let's not go overboard here. You think he had breaks, you know, like he just didn't jet off to Lake Tahoe for the weekend. Like that's, you know, who hasn't done that in 36 years either me. So, you know, like (laughs) this guy from the guy who's been out every freaking night (laughs) preparing for my next role, Frank. Yeah. Method acting. (laughs) but no, but in, you see what I mean though. I do think I just struggle with, uh, gosh, we had to respect his work ethic because he actually kind of worked. It was tough. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes what I struggle with, with act, not just actors. And you know, the only actors who I'll draw on a, 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 real, give an exemption to on this one, Tom Cruise. no, Well, I mean, I really respect his work ethic in terms of the skills he teaches himself to try and be in movies. But I still don't think he's working that hard because like, (laughs) like, woe is me. You make enough money that when you decide you want to go and learn how to fly a fucking fighter jet, you can go and do it. And you have everything in place to make that possible. He's not doing that because it's a struggle. Like, he loves doing that. It'd be like if you gave me tons of money and access to anything I want in the world. And I was like, you know what I want to do next week? Uh, Learn how to, like, sail on in like the America's Cup. And then I came back and be like, God, Frank, I worked so hard last week. I went and joined a crew on the America's Cup for for a while. Like, God, I, my work ethic is just off the charts. I love but, your takes. But, but, oh, my but, God.
0: Fucking but, Stephen A. Hewitt over here.
1: <laughs> but who I will give a break to. People in like plays where you then perform that same play sort of eight times in a week. That just the monotony of that, and having to kind of deliver that day in day out for six, seven months at a time, that would be tough. Because I think that would drive me slightly insane. Because that is literally <laughs> Groundhog Day, you know, over and over again. But being in a movie, sign me up. If anyone wants to cast me, I will. I won't take any private jets away for the weekend. I'll, I won't even have a drop to drink the entire time. You know, like whatever, whatever oh, I means find that, that hard to believe, <laughs> whatever means that my colleagues can talk about how committed I was in that six month period of my life to doing a job. I'll do it.
0: Well, we just got to find the role for you, Eddie. Guy Man, who goes cr- out every night <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> if if <laughs> someone's a writing a script and you have that character in mind, we've got the guy for you.
1: Ernest Hemingway? I could I could You to play do.
0: Ernest Hemingway?
1: Yeah, why not? I don't want to do the war bit, but I'll do and I'll cut I'll stop before he blows his head off, but I'll do I'll do the the out drinking in Paris, sure. I'll do that period of his life. Give me Ernest Hemingway 1922
0: to 1933, 34. Oh, wasn't he in Oh no. Midnight in Paris i don't think it's hemingway it's fitzgerald right he meets and hangs out with
1: yeah that could have been your role yeah are they making
0: a midnight in paris too
1: Oh, yeah, no, but, but I mean, imagine that I could be so committed to that Hemingway role. Oh, Eddie was up all night in Paris drinking, going to all <laughs> the same bars Hemingway went to. He's so committed.
0: What He's... a method actor. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: witnessed, witnessed street fights and jumped exactly. in to protect people.
1: Oh, imagine how every single cast member would tell that story. <laughs> that's, that's my take on acting. <laughs> I really hope uh, I won't even express what I say. I hope because it's so unrealistic that I, I won't even.
0: You hope you land a major movie role.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would find it more satisfying at this point if you could give me an offer. I know I would enjoy like winning the Super Bowl more, and and go again going into like if you could give me the choice of playing like being. Best supporting actor in some movie in the next 12 months, or being the kicker who kicks the winning field goal in the Super Bowl, both of which would annoy you tremendously because I'd have to, like, it would at least prove. And I don't think either are, you know, I'm not saying that either are even the remotest of remotest possibilities. But you kind of are. <laughs> no. I'm saying I think I would get more satisfaction about being able to give an Oscar speech and just admit to the fact that this takes requires absolutely no skill. Like that would be that would please me tremendously to just stand up there and say, well, turns out this was a bunch of shit and just anybody could have done it. But thanks for casting me in this movie.
0: Oh, what a great dick. We've got to get you like we got to get headshots. We got to get you out there.
1: Maybe. Maybe I'll join like an amateur theater production. Just really start to see. Maybe I'll catch the bug. (laughs) You know, they say nothing's quite like walking the boards, right? Maybe I'll just catch the bug and and 10, 15 years from now, this will be Frank with, you know, Oscar winning, one of the most (laughs) renowned actors of his generation. And it'll be like, you know, Morgan Freeman didn't act until he was 40. Be like, oh, you know, is that I'm, true? I think it's something like that. Yeah, he's one of those people they always, oh, lists. we still got time. Like, oh, we got tons of time. You go through those actors' lists, like, there's tons of people didn't start to like Samuel L. Jackson, I think, was super late. I think he had small parts and stuff, but even he, I think, was in his late 30s or something when he got his because bi- there's like also the difference big break versus really acting. I think he was doing like community theater and stuff until he was basically our age or something like that. I think Morgan Freeman was 40 ish. But yeah, what you doing. I've got time. You're ahead now. of schedule at this point. I might even be starting with too much of a head start. So I, I can give myself another I'm gonna aim for fifty. What are you gonna play at age fifty? Ernest Hemingway. I got that for a <laughs> while. You've got <laughs> to wait. start that
0: now. You've gotta like get get your headshot and age it out to age fifty. I just say, gonna, This is what I'm gonna look like in seven years.
1: I am your Hemingway. If <laughs> I dye all my hair gray. I'm not too far off. You know, like there's not, yeah, I just do all that. I put on like a safari outfit or whatever, you know, you kind of picture whenever you think of Hemingway. I'm not a million miles away. Oh my God. You kind of look like (laughs) him. I told you I wasn't big. Wait,
0: hold on, hold on. I got to show you this. How do I share a screen? You have to see this. This one looks legitimately like you. This one here, <laughs> that could be you so easily. You could do that tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I—I I mean, yeah, he's a little older than me there, but a hundred percent with the right aging makeup, a few extra wrinkles, shave Just it. Just gotta the shave mustache. the
0: beard, keep the mustache. Yeah, put the hair to a little swoop on the side. Oh yeah. man, this is you.
1: Exactly. So I've, I've got the part in mind, Christopher Nolan, when you make the Ernest Hemingway <laughs> movie. I'm I'm ready for it.
0: Oh, man. We found it. It's your role.
1: You say we found it. It took me about nine seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how easy acting is. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Well, do we even bother recording another podcast until I'm Oscar nominated? Or how long do we think it's going to take me?
0: Maybe. I think we got to get the headshots first.
1: Yeah. All right. Anything else? No. Speaking of Ernest, just something to amuse you. We, we have a mutual friend called Ernest. At the weekend, he threw out the people used to call him Earn Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Earn Dog? Yeah. So Not E-Dog? See, no, Earn Dog. So now when I see him, I'm barking and uh, calling him Earn Dog. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe That's I'll bring that nickname. The, terrible nickname. There's no flow that. to that. Maybe that could be the title of the Ernest Hemingway movie.
0: Earned dog. Earned dog.
1: Oh, man. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll call it a day. I'll I'll stay up all night just practicing lines. It'll be a tough one to do because,
0: I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm making a huge assumption here that he – speaks somewhat resembling how he writes. So you might have to talk in a very, like, kind of, like, poetic way almost. Might be a little are difficult. Saying,
1: are you saying I don't already? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I can adopt a short, punctuated style of speech. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I imagine his writing style was very different from his his way of talking. But who knows? I'm sure I could. I'll do some research. We can probably figure that bit out. Yeah,
0: let's get some interviews with them. I mean, you know, you have to put in those deep, deep hours, Eddie. That's that's what that's the life of an actor. You got to put in those hours. Get the role. I'm telling you
1: now, I was planning to go away on a private jet this weekend to Saint Tropez, (laughs) but I'll turn it down just to try and prepare for this role. What's his accent like? That's
0: going to be the toughest part. I could never do accents. That's what that's what's prohibiting me from being
1: an actor. I'm not good
0: with voice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well i know i've heard him speak he's from illinois so i'm gonna guess i don't know he has a midwestern accent i think he just has a pretty standard american accent i don't think it would be too tough he
0: spoke with a midwestern accent
1: anyway we can we can solve all this because they're definitely recorded interviews with him so okay <laughs> next i'll do the next podcast in character I want you, you I want dress you to, up and everything? I want you to address me Address me as Mr. Earned Hemingway. Dog. Mr. Hemingway, show some respect. I'm one of the great American writers of my time.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Cheerio.